Hi, friends. Welcome back to Have You Met Her, a podcast about amazing women. I'm Paige, and I've been digging into the lives of some lesser-known women through history and then sharing some of their stories with you. For this month, I wanted to keep things a little bit light, so as my holiday gift to you, we've been talking about women who were interesting and charming defying norms, and unapologetically themselves. I hope that you've enjoyed the episodes this month. We're wrapping up 2023, and as I usually do, I think about what changes I'd like to see during my upcoming year and beyond. What my dream life would look like. And somewhere, somehow, I always imagine myself in a small, warm cabin in the woods, surrounded by trees and animals, I'd have space and time to be creative. My home would be full of apothecary bottles, and I'd have a garden of herbs and spices. Cottagecore, but with a witchy undertone. I've seen the TikTok videos. I know I'm not the only one. For today's episode, I chose a woman who lived this kind of life. People didn't understand her during her life. She was often referred to as a witch who walked and talked with the animals a healer, and a protector. She chose naturalistic seclusion and the language of the forest over the modern world. Researching her was a little difficult because of the language barrier, but what I did learn I found incredible. Join me in today's episode to hear about the magical, natural life of this amazing woman. Here's episode 44, Have You Met Simona Kosick? Simona was born into a family that was complicated. Her father had been married and had a daughter with his first wife. Simona was born to her father and his second wife, a woman who had overlapped his first marriage. Her mother was fully expecting to give her husband a son. When she gave birth to Simona in 1943 in Krakow, Poland, who was not only a girl, but also a girl with a cleft palate. She was cold and uncaring and refused to nurse the baby until her husband begged her to care for the crying child. Simona's mother was cold and mostly dismissive of her during her childhood, feeling further let down when Simona showed no sign of the creativity that the Cossack family was known for. They were all artists talented photographers and painters. The family home was full of objects of art, dark, heavy, and stifling. Simona escaped by spending time in the garden with the many pets that the family had. There was a wall around the house and garden, a wall that protected her childhood from the outside world. Every animal was a potential friend, except spiders, and Simona would say, that her entire sympathy for the animal world came from her family home. Simona, with her mouth-mouth formation, was shy to communicate. Her mother and family didn't attempt to understand her mutterings as a child, and Simona was quickly labeled as the black sheep of the family. Simona struggled through school 
and had a hard time forming relationships. In her late teens, a young man from an affluent family took a bet that he could make Simona fall in love with him, and that's what he did. He showered her with affection and attention and even proposed marriage to Simona before convincing her to share his bed. The day after their interlude, he brought her to a party and asked her questions about their night together. When she confirmed his story, he walked away and collected his earnings, reportedly a case of beer, and never spoke to her again. Although school was a struggle, Simona managed to be accepted at Jagiellonian University in Krakow. She completed her degree in zoology and animal behavior in 1970. Her final project was based on a Polish saying, fish and children have no voice. Simona wrapped microphones and dropped them in fish tanks, recording and proving that fish do make noises. When she earned her degree, her family thought that she would become an assistant professor at the university. Simona had other ideas. During her schooling, she had learned about and become obsessed with primeval forests, old forests that had not been affected by humans. She applied for a position with the Mammal Research Institute, which was located in the Bialoasia National Park. She considered it her life's dream when she was called to report to Bialoasia. The Bialoasia Forest is a large forest complex located on the border between Poland and Belarus. Simona packed a small bag and made her way to the village of Bialoasia. She looked for a room to rent in the village, but the locals found her strange and untrustworthy. Then, while on a hike through the forest, Simona stumbled upon an old, abandoned hunter's lodge. It was in rough shape, larger than she required, and had no running water or electricity. But to Simona, it was perfect. As she stood looking at the structure that would become her home for decades, she saw a herd of aurochs, a now distinct ancestor of the cow, similar to a buffalo. She said later of this experience, This greeting into the forest, this aurochs, the whiteness, the snow, the full moon, whitest white everywhere, pretty, and an abandoned house that no one had lived in. I looked at this house, all silvered by the moon as it was, romantic, and I said, it's finished, it's here or nowhere else. The National Park Service was willing to let Simona live in the house once some repairs were made, but they also let her know that a wildlife photographer had also contacted them about using the cabin during the summer months. The house was quite large, so during the repairs, they separated the living space into two separate homes, one for Simona and one for the photographer. Simona quickly settled in and began to learn the rhythms, sounds, and sights of the forest. This is where she found her seclusion, in a supposedly haunted lodge called Dzinka that was in danger of being devoured by the forest. It was February when Simona moved into Dzinka. Cold, dark, and isolated, she would ride a motorized bike 
that was commonly referred to as a mosquito into the village for supplies. Villagers saw this wild person on a bike intended for summer, wearing an aviator hat and goggles, rabbit fur pants, and her hair in braids streaming behind her, and would call her Circus Girl. Wanting to respect the woods, which were now her home, Simona chose to burn pieces of the wooden fence that had divided the yard into two for the two residents, instead of the logs and felled trees of the forest. When Lech Wilczak, the well-known Polish photographer and naturalist, arrived in the spring to move into the other half of Dzinka, he was cross that Simona had burned the fence that would give him privacy from her. The first time Lech saw Simona, he found her petite, young, she was uh, 14 years younger than he was, and cocky. As he began to reprimand her for her decision to burn the fence, she began hurling insults his way as well. Remember, Simona had bad experiences with the two-legged variety of mammals, and she was slow to trust them. During their confrontation, Lech happened to look down to where the fence had been and saw a small green frog in the grass. Lech immediately dropped down to look at it and pointed it out to Simona. Simona looked and called it a beautiful frog. The two never went back to finish their argument, and a sort of trust and respect began to grow between them. Simona was often scolded for not acting like a proper young lady who studied in science. She should be more noble and serious. Simona disagreed and ran free and wild. She loved that the forest animals treated her home and land as their own territory, which allowed her to live among the animals. Simona had opened her home to a few different orphaned or injured animals. First an owl, then several buzzards, even an injured hedgehog. The people of the village also began to bring her animals that they found that needed help as well. One day, Lech brought home a newborn, orphaned, wild boar. Simona was invested and helped raise the boar, who they named Froggy. Froggy behaved more like a pet dog than the tusked giant that he grew to be. He was welcomed into the home and sometimes slept in bed with Simona, Lech, or both of them. Simona said that Froggy earned his esteemed place in their home by working. Simona would make an enclosure for him to root out the old plants, eat insects and grubs, and fertilize the land all at once. The next season, Simona would plant a garden that would produce so much food, thanks to Froggy. The next addition to the homestead was a crow named Korosek. Korosek was a bad-tempered and mean-streaked crow. Everyone was scared of him, except for Lek and Simona. Korosek the crow would steal anything that interested him. Keys, food, money, documents, cigarettes, hairbrushes, and he had a tendency to dive-bomb people riding their bikes. Korosek's behavior didn't help Simona's reputation as a witch with the villagers, either. In 
Simona is quoted as saying, Having lived for so long in the forest, at one point I realized I'd crossed the line and was on the trees and animal side. I was acting on their behalf always. I had graduated from biology as a specialist in animal psychology, but only the years spent in the forest taught me the language of the animals, and I knew it so well that I should have been burnt as a witch. As Simona and Lex's relationship grew, so did the collection of animals that lived with them. They had peacocks, lambs, a stork, a donkey, and then, of course, there were the roe deer. The deer were subjects for Simona's doctorate thesis. She raised orphan deer and studied their eating patterns in the forest setting. The collection was a small herd, and Simona would follow them into the forest to watch what they ate, how they ate it, and also to collect and study their stool. One day, the herd collectively stopped and all looked towards a dark alcove, frozen and still. Simona walked toward the cove to investigate what the deer had seen before her. As she approached the darkness, she heard a strange sound. It sounded like puppies barking behind her. She turned around and realized that it was the herd of her deer that were calling out to her, warning her and trying to protect her. She had never seen this behavior in any roe deer and realized that they considered her their mother and wanted to warn her. When she went into the cove, she found fresh lynx tracks and scat. Having her roe deer babies go against their natural protection against predators touched Simona's heart. Every day was special at Dezinka, but one day, a special delivery was brought to Simona. Twin newborn baby moose. Their mother had broken through the ice into water and had drowned. Simona jumped into action and became foster mom to the moose, whom she named Pepsi and Cola. Moose require a lot of milk, and Simona was relieved when they grew strong and healthy enough to enjoy foraging for food in the forest to supplement the milk that she would feed them from gigantic bottles. When Pepsi and Cola were old enough to fend for themselves, Simona took them on a long hike to a conservatory, where she anticipated they would live out long, safe, happy moose lives. Unfortunately, before a year had passed, both moose would be dead. One escaped its enclosure and got tangled up in discarded wire. The other escaped and reacted aggressively to attempts to return him home. One of the shops in the village featured moose on the menu for a chunk of time, and Simona was horrified to hear of it. Simona wasn't blind to the fact that nature can be violent and messy. She wasn't even completely against hunting for food and protection. What she was against was sport hunting. She knew that no wild creature stood a chance against man's gun and said that the forest cried for its animals. Simona dreamed of a refuge for the animals, and her fight and message regarding the preservation of nature and the preservation of animals, there is a vision of a world where there's always a place for wild, unexploited nature. Lex surprised Simona with a tiny creature that needed a mother, a baby lynx 
whom Simona named Agatha. All animals were special to Simona. She had been kind of a foster mom to hundreds of babies, but Agatha was special. Soon, life for Simona ended and began with Agatha. She even referred to the lynx as her daughter. When the cat grew large, Simona still allowed her to play and cuddle as much as she desired. Simona would be clawed from shoulder to wrist from playing with Agatha, but she didn't seem to mind at all. Agatha had free range of the house and slept in the bed with her mom. Tragically, Agatha one day surprised Lek, who was bringing in an armful of heavy firewood. The firewood fell and Agatha was struck and died. Simona was heartbroken. Something in her would never be the same again after the loss of Agatha. Her severe grief lasted for months and her relationship with Lek never fully recovered. Part of Simona's job for the Mammal Research Institute was to record and report on any activity that could damage the biodiversity of the forest. When Simona came across steel spring traps in the forest, she was horrified. The steel traps had stamps on them that proclaimed they were manufactured in America, Texas to be exact, and Simona reached out to American colleagues to ask about their purpose and use. She learned that these barbaric traps were used to catch predators that would kill livestock on farms, and immediately she collected the traps and reported inhumane poaching to the wildlife rangers. A group of researchers who were studying wolves in the area contacted the wildlife rangers and reported that some of their research instruments had been stolen. You can see where this is going, I'm sure. The wolf researchers argued that the spring traps were used to capture wolves and then to collar and track them. Simona demonstrated the deadly force of the trap by setting it and then using a thick branch to show the destructive power of the trap. The traps were determined to be inhumane and other forms of capture were implemented. Simona would publish two books, multiple articles, and complete hundreds of scientific studies. She would produce many films about the natural world. In the year 2000, the Polish government awarded Simona Kosick the Golden Cross of Merit, the highest civilian award for her passion and work to protect Poland's last primeval forest. Three years later, Simona was appointed director of the Department of Natural Forests, an appointment that she served in until her death. Simona passed away from cancer in 2007. During the tributes and the memories that were shared by her friends, colleagues, and fans, I learned even more about Simona. She didn't like Sharpie markers. When someone was honest with her, she was honest too. She loved nature very much, and that love was often bigger than her love of people. She was open-minded, but could be extremely stubborn. She was genuine. She was a fighter. She was a great human being. Even though Simona is gone now, her work, her passion, is celebrated and shared by those who know of her. One of my favorite quotes from her is, 
Man is also a part of nature, and there are no more or less important parts in it. A flower, a star, a stone, a man is permeated with that same divine spark. Those who learn to sympathize with plants and animals can understand others and will be better for themselves. That is, they will do nothing against their nature. When I was choosing women for this month's episodes, women who were interesting, charming, passionate, and just a little different, Simona fit that mold beautifully. As soon as she was able to choose for herself, she made choices using only her heart and her passion. She lived a life that went against traditional roles for women, but suited her perfectly. Like the rest of the women this month, I've been inspired to truly think about what I want, what's important to me, to advocate for myself and not be scared to let go and follow my own personal passions. I hope that you've been inspired the same way. People who knew Simona said that she was on earth on a great mission to make humans more humane. She never did anything 80%. She was all in and had a strong sense of what was right and what was wrong. I want to close this episode with a quote that appears anywhere and everywhere that Simona is mentioned. Wreszcie powinniśmy przyjąć do wiadomości, że Ziemia nie jest naszą własnością. My jesteśmy współlokatorami na Ziemi i możemy w sposób nie bardzo kosztowny dla nas samych ograniczyć swoje apetyty i pozwolić tym innym istotom żyć. In English, we should finally acknowledge that Earth is not our property. We are only co-tenants of Earth, and we could, in a way that would not be too costly for us, curb our appetites and let all those other creatures live. Like I said in the introduction to this episode, Simona wasn't an easy woman to research. Although well-known in Poland, I could mostly find books and articles in her native tongue, Simona made me work to get to know her enough to introduce her to you. I did find and devour a few articles. On MessyNessyChic.com, I read the article, A Life Less Ordinary with a Real Life Snow White by Liam Ward. On Culture.pl, I read The Extraordinary Life of Simona Kosek by Janusz Kowalski. Most of the other articles I found were almost direct quotes from this article. And on the humanexemption.com, I read a collection of stories researched and presented by Kyla. During my research, I did find there was a documentary called Simona that was produced and directed by Simona's niece, Ida Matisek. The only place that I was able to watch it was on a website called defilms.com. I paid a membership fee in order to watch it, and although it was in Polish, it was available with English subtitles. It was a beautifully shot film with loads of old footage of Simona and so many interviews of people who wanted to share their stories of her. The sound clip of Simona's voice used in this episode was from this documentary. If you're enjoying the podcast, the best way that you can support it is to take a minute to rate the podcast and write a quick review. 
It really does help make the podcast more visible for people like you who may enjoy it. Please continue sharing this podcast with your friends. If you have an idea for a theme that you'd like to explore with me or a specific woman that you want to make sure is on the list, please email me at haveyoumetherpodcast at gmail.com. Visit our Instagram page at haveyoumetherpodcast to see a ton of pictures of Simona Kosick this week. There were so many to choose from. Uh, most of the ones I'm posting were taken by Lech Wilsack himself. I try to upload the episode descriptions and pictures a day or two early on Instagram. So if you want that insider scoop, follow me there. I'm sending you all happy new year wishes. I hope that 2024 brings you all the abundance and joy that you've worked for. Next week, we'll have an episode recapping our first season, celebrating all 44 women who we've learned about. Then the podcast is going to take just a short pause before we jump into our second season, which will begin on January 24th. We're going to spend the last two weeks in January talking about women who were important to Holocaust Remembrance for International Holocaust Remembrance Day. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform that you're using so that you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening.